Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast, six books or courses that I've studied or read recently. You'll see on our Instagram page where we do most of our social metering, uh, you see that we do a little mini book review once a week. Uh, there's been a plethora of content there. Uh, if you're looking at this on a video, you'll see a lot of books behind me as well. A nice big bookshelf we've got here now in the new office. And you can see there's a big variety there as well. So you've got some economics, you've got some history, you've got some uh, you know, generic ideological, ideological, ideological uh, books there as well. And a lot of, you know, seminal books, you know, your rich dad, poor dad, etc., etc. I would say on Instagram, you will find that we do a book review once a week. I do go check it out. You know, we're not writing war and peace. We're just doing a very quick synopsis of how the book can help you, how it's helped us. So hopefully you enjoy that. I have TPM podcast, go and check us out on Instagram. These are six books and courses are in no particular order. I think as I mentioned already, uh, number one, Thinking Like an Economist, A Guide to Rational Decision-Making by Randall Bartlett. And this is an audio book that I recently listened to. Um, it's pretty much like Ron Seal does exactly what it says on the tin. Looking at decision-making, life decision-making, how you can take the emotions out of doing, uh, how you can take emotions out of, of thinking, basically. It's very easy to make decisions based on emotion. I think most of us do it. But you have to train yourself to think rationally, think like an economist, look at the, look at the pros, look at the cons. It's why a lot of people always say to you, you know, your mentors and other people will say to you, you know, normally write a pros and cons list. If you're struggling with a decision, Normally, pros and cons list, have a think, have a look, you know, write it all down, what's going on. And by doing that, you're then able to add rationale to your decision making. And that's just one of the aspects covered in this book. Um, to be fair, Randall Bartlett does go down a rabbit hole on, on a couple, um, you know, even a, I set up when he was mentioning a couple of um, decisions that he, he made over, the, um, over his years. I did have a laugh, some of them are very quirky be wrong for me to sort of paraphrase them now I'd just recommend going and checking them out but the key nook and cranny of this particular book was try and make yourself think like an economist look at the pros look at the cons can you add rationale to why you're doing something if you make emotional decisions they're not normally as good as making rational decisions there's a key thing that is that book in a nutshell so thinking like an economist number two uh, the great tax robbery by Richard Brooks. Uh, this is a, one that I've just most recently finished reading. Incredibly interesting insight, and you can definitely use the information in this book to your advantage. I like the way that Richard Brooks is actually sort of commentated or narrated on it. He's looking at he's looking at bigger business, how big business has effectively been able to. I've got to be careful when I say tax avoidance. That might not be the right phrase here, but uh, should we say? Uh, implement an um, efficient tax strategy into their business practices. It's probably the most diplomatic way of saying it. There's a lot of examples in there. Uh, for example, he's talking about you get, you, know, you get some big companies here in, in England or you know, in the UK and they might have subsidiary offices in say Luxembourg or the Netherlands and you know A goes to B, B goes to C, C goes back into A and because that's not in the UK domain then they're not you know legally are required to pay X amount of tax, etc., etc., etc. It's a really, really good book. The entrepreneur in me read through it and was smiling, pretty much. 
most of the time. Reason for that is that these companies are not doing anything illegal. And we've always said, and the people that we speak to have always maintained that as long as you do everything under this ethical umbrella, so don't do anything illegal, as long as you don't do anything illegally within property, then you know, then you're well within your rights to do whatever you want. And efficient tax planning and efficient tax strategies are definitely a way to help yourself, basically. As long as you're not breaking the law, you're absolutely fine. So I'm sure that, uh, that many people read the book and go, well, that's, you know, F Starbucks and, you know, F Enron and, oh, you know, up yours, Vodafone and, oh, that's criminal and, oh, that shouldn't be allowed and blah, 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 blah. You get all your sort of left-wing tendencies coming out. So I'm sure people might read that and react like that. And of course, it's very easy to, again, look at the flip side. Let's look at the, you know, capitalist side of this. And again, you listen to this podcast, you listen to this episode because you like the Property Nomads podcast because you're in property. Chances are you are in property, you are in the real estate industry. Therefore, you have a slightly different way of thinking. How can you capitalize on everything? How can you you know, work with your power team to create efficient strategies? Because at the end of the day, if you legally do not have to pay X amount of tax or you can get away with paying it legally, perfect, well, you know, why not? Um, whenever I speak to people and say, well, wouldn't you like to pay less tax legally? Apart from a couple of people that said no, you know, most people say yes. Well, there you are then. You know, you want to pay less tax, here's how you can do it. And it is what it is, it's just part of the system, it's part of that, you know, not rat race, it's not the right phrase, but you get the point. So I would recommend it, uh, The Great Tax Robbery by Richard Brooks, really, really good book, fascinating. You, you'll read it with, you'll, you'll read it through two sets of lenses, basically. Number three, and, and the doom and gloom now, <laughs> the doom and gloom starts coming, the Black Death, uh, the world's most devastating plague by Dorsey Armstrong. This is a series of great courses, it's a, a great courses series, so I found this on Audible. Again, being a bit of a history person myself, I don't, I can't claim to know a lot about the Black Death, but I do now. If you thought COVID was bad, I don't know if I'm allowed to even say that word, I might get censored, sorry YouTube. I love totalitarianism in play. If you thought the current pandemic was bad, holy Moses, Black Death is much worse. Now, in short, um, I won't go into how graphic the details were of the uh, symptoms that you would get and how they decided to cure some of those or thought they were curing some of those. It's pretty gnarly, to say the least. Uh, to say the least. Uh, with these massive, basically just imagine these massive, um, what they call bubos or bubos, um, yeah, I, I imagine giant boil-like looking things uh, that would appear in uh, private parts of the body, shall we say, um, and actually mainly under the arm. And yes, some of the stories from there is actually disgusting. Uh, but interestingly enough uh, about the Black Death, so it's the worst pandemic that the world's ever seen. Uh, 30 to 40% of the world's population supposedly died from it. And um, apparently it came from Chinese area, possibly Mongolia, and the, the way that it actually spread to Europe was uh, possibly it was Kublai Khan, one of the Khans basically, was um, sieging a city over in you know, Asia somewhere, I forget the name, I basically had loads of corpses, um, and rather than do a lot of siege artillery, what he done was he loaded up some catapults or trebuchets with uh, dead bodies and flung them over into the city, as you do, wonderful stuff I hear you say and as a result of that the in the city there's a lot of Venetians a lot of Genoese 
at the time they fled back to uh, well, Genoa and Venice respectively and you know from there as we found out a couple of years ago of course you know from person to person to person to person to person it spreads it spreads it spreads and you know next thing you know uh, most of Europe um, um, is, is being ravaged by this plague very interesting very interesting book um, it's very interesting to understand how they learned or what they learned from it uh, plague was a lot more prevalent back in the day than it is now and this must have been absolutely horrible especially given generic living conditions economic conditions at the time a uh, one side story from this series of lectures was that uh, in due course uh, what the venetians done was that they stopped ships basically uh, from docking in venice um, people that i say drove up to venice that's definitely not the right word sailed sailed up to venice what they'd have to do would stay on their ships for 40 days and 40 nights and that's where the word quarantine comes from i believe the italian word for 40 is quaranta something along those lines i say quarantine basically effectively spending 40 days on your ship before they were allowed to dock so that's a fun winter fact for you of where the word quarantine comes from it might not be a thing to listen to but i found it fascinating uh, i'd recommend there's a lot of lessons from there um the other particular fun story was the uh, priest who uh began apparently for 40 days what he'd done he stayed in his church or in the gardens and surrounded himself with a massive ring of fire and apparently stayed there for 40 days and he was I uh, did not contract the disease so congratulations to him i'm, I'm sure he's long gone but uh, you know genius so they did have a bit of a, a noose about them at the time number four the property investors tax guide by shaz nawaz shaz was recently on the podcast i'd recommend going to check out that episode we talk about efficient tax planning strategies shaz is incredibly intelligent very creative as well which is what i think you need in a tax planner uh, also doing some fantastic property deals as well uh, his newsletter i'd also recommend signing up for a lot of great information uh, and this book's no different if you are just getting started in property uh, maybe a few years maybe you are a few years into building your portfolio i would recommend definitely reading this book very very good book it covers a wide range of things of course it will never be as good as actually sitting down with a tax planner themselves you're going to get a hell of a lot more information from investing into having some time with a tax planner but take nothing away from that book a lot of information there a lot of golden nuggets that you can you know utilize without a shadow of a doubt because it's okay having well, X company, I've got a company here, I've got a company there, and I've got you know 85 different joint venture partners. If you've not set those up properly, that'll come back to bite you in the ass. So it's always important to get yourself set up properly in the first place. So go and check that out. I say go and also go and check out the recent episode with Shaz as well. Number five, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. This was an audiobook again very good this is why this is why it's on the list there's a lot of talk you know what is money what is currency all of these you know sorts of aspects of it i would recommend obviously the book that's why i'm talking or trying to talk about it struggling with this one a little bit it was just very impactful we're very powerful what's the relationship to to money it, should we even call it money uh, technically you know, it's a fiat currency uh, money has 
uh, a lot of characteristics, certain characteristics that have to exist for something to be able to be called money. Because right, if you look at systems we've got nowadays, uh, you know, your dollars, your pounds, all of these sorts of things, uh, that's not money. In the strict sense, that is not money, it's, it's currency, it's fiat currency. There's not been a case of a successful fiat currency in the history of fiat currencies. So you can ride whatever wave you want. There's a lot of danger coming up, which is why people look at gold, silver. You know, gold is true money, without a shadow of a doubt. It meets all the characteristics of all the qualities. Um, I know, um, you know, one of them is fungibility. There are other characteristics that evade me at the time of recording this. I would recommend going checking out The Hidden Secrets of Money. It's a series, it's on YouTube. It's a series by Mike Maloney, done it, he'd done it years ago. He's a wonderful, wonderful person, very knowledgeable. Go and check out the first episode of The Hidden Secrets of, of Money. He will explain, without a shadow of a doubt, he will explain differences between currency and money. But Psychology of Money by Morgan House, all very, very good. How do you, how do you treat your money? How to respect money, how to love money. You know, common phrase that you hear is, "Oh, that you know, um, yeah, money is the root of all, the money. Money is the root of all evil." Well, that's not necessarily the case. That may be because that person's had a bad relationship with with money. If you've got a good relationship with money and you've got an understanding of money, you've got an, you know, how do you treat it? Do you treat it with respect? You know, are you scrumpling up your notes and putting them in your wallet? Are you placing them nicely? Are you? treating what you've got with respect. Because if you can get that psychology in your head, if you treat it well, you're then gonna respect it well. And if you respect it well, chances are you're gonna make better decisions. Decisions that are gonna benefit you, uh, your family and, and so forth. Learn how to love money. Our mentor will say, um, loves saying that uh, being critical of people who say, oh, you know, money doesn't bring you happiness. It fucking does. Absolutely, it gives you it gives you the choice. You know, it's good to have those choices. You might not necessarily want a ridiculous amount of choices because that can be detrimentally work against you. However, having excess cash in your bank is always fantastic. A prime example, or not a prime example, but an example nonetheless. You know, I like a good smoky whiskey. And recently, you know, from various deals that we've done and you know, enhanced cash flow, uh, found myself with you know a bit of a bit of spare cash so ended up getting a nice you know nice bottle of whiskey as a treat now i wouldn't always go out and buy a, a good bottle of whiskey as a treat but it was there um, i knew that that i'm not going to call it an investment in that bottle of whiskey but for me i know there's a reward associated with that i normally get something like that up you know as a reward for something that's happened within the business whether we've reached a certain download target for the podcast or we've got a certain number of properties in the portfolio you know, psychologically, I got my head around it, ended up buying a bottle of whiskey. Now, you know, old me, I wouldn't have bought that whiskey at all. I would have and you know, gone into analysis paralysis about it. You know, what's the best way to use this X amount of pounds? Anyway, but I, do, I would recommend that book. It's, it's, it's a short book, in all fairness, five, six hours long, but the psychology of money. Get your head around it as well. Also go and check out The Hidden Secrets of Money uh, by Mike Maloney on YouTube too. And number six, last but not least, uh, Rich Dad's Increase Your Financial IQ uh, by Robert Kiyosaki. I've read this before, I had to go back and read it. And the reason I had to go back and read it is that I personally felt that I was a bit out of touch with entrepreneurial thinking. Uh, reason for that is that once you get used to something or you take your eye off the ball, 
it's very easy for some information to slip out of your system. And that's what I felt would happen to me over the last 18 months, two years. So I went back and read this and you know, I love this book, Increase Your Financial IQ. Well, how do we do that? Well, what we need to do is, you know, a lot of people around the world will be going to work, doing their job, coming back, paying off their expenses, not investing in any assets at all, and you rinse and repeat the cycle. Now, with fiat currencies, as the purchasing power of your pound or your dollar goes down, as it is pretty much day in, day out, all you've got to do is look at the data since, you know, the uh, 20th century, you'll see the purchasing power has just gone down considerably. It's really not good. It's quite scary, actually, uh, hence the long pause there. It's quite scary thinking about it, let alone saying it. So not to put fear into you, but go and look at that information as well. So what you need to do, you need to break the cycle. Similar to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you need to break that cycle. You need to be investing in, in assets. You need to take some of the your income and you need, to pay, you need to pay yourself first. Don't worry about paying everyone else first and then you live on what you've got left. You've got to pay yourself first and then start building that pot. And if I look on my desk at the moment, you know, the road to wealth, and this is from the richest man in Babylon, the road to wealth, you know, number one, start thy purse to fattening. You know, look after yourself first. Uh, five laws of gold, rule number one. Gold cometh or cometh gladly an increasing quantity to any man who will, I don't know if I can say man nowadays, but fuck it, that it is what it is. I'll restart that. Gold cometh gladly and in increasing quantity to any man who will put by not less than one-tenth of his earnings to create an estate for his future and that of his family. That's the first law of gold and, you know, the road to wealth, start thy purse to fatten. So you've got to look after yourself first. Now, you might think, well, yeah, that's fine. That's okay. You say that, Rob, but trust me, it's it's difficult. It can be difficult, but you've got to get into that mentality. Pay yourself first. You know, if you've got a bit of a credit card debt or debt here and debt there, you know, have a chat with them. Try and rework it out where you can. Pay yourself first. You know, if you earn two grand a month, save £200 for yourself. Now, when you save £200 for yourself, what do you do with that? Well, that's up to you. That's where you've got to get that financial education. That's the point of this book. This is why this book is on here. It is crucial. You know, what is an asset? Asset is something that's gonna pretty much give you cash flow per month or, uh, you know, a store of money. So, you know, what is an asset? Well, maybe cryptocurrency might be considered as an asset. Maybe gold and silver are considered as assets. Uh, you know, I say real estate because he refers to it as real estate in the book, you know, property. You might be thinking, well, Rob, there's not a lot I can do with 200 pound. You know, I get that. However, mentally, You've got to push yourself to do that. So pay yourself first, you know, even if it's 1% of what you earn, pay yourself first, get into that habit. Pay yourself first, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. And then you've got to look at generating your assets. Look at generating your assets, look at leveraging debt. You know, there's good debt, there's bad debt, there's toxic debt. Look at leveraging that debt. Don't be scared of debt. Because at the end of the day, if you utilize debt wisely, then the chances are you're gonna have a that's gonna have a positive impact on you in the future because inflation will erode the way the, the debt over time. That's what inflation does, that's what it has done for hundreds and hundreds of years, or thousands of years to an extent. So that's the key thing from this book. Uh, to be fair, any book in the Rich Dad series is very, very good. A lot of people will say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Don't blame them, that is a cracking book. But what I would say for this episode, increase your financial IQ by Robert Kiyosaki. 
increase your wealth, increase your time efficiency, change your environment, change the people around you, change that mental environment around you, get, get better at what you're doing. And if you're stuck in that rat race, get yourself out of that rat race, you know, make a start. It can be challenging, it can be difficult. You know, we've all been there and done that. You know, Aaron and myself are the same. You know, the first few properties are you know, challenging, it does get easier after a while, which is great because we know that the long-term benefit of what we're doing now is going to be, you know, paramount. And it's the same for yourself. So in a nutshell, they're the six, I say in a nutshell, it's been about 20 minutes. They are the six books, courses that I've studied and read recently. So just go over them again. Number one, Thinking Like an Economist, A Guide to Rational Decision-Making by Randall Bartlett. In effect, good for decision-making, personal decision-making, business decision-making, life decision-making, how to think less, uh, more rationally, not emotionally. Number two, The Great Tax Robbery by Richard Brooks. Interesting insight, you can definitely use it to your advantage. You're probably gonna look at it through one of two lenses. If you're looking at it through the, uh, quite literally the right lens, you'll appreciate the craftiness of the things that he mentions in the book. Number three, The Black Death, The World's Most Devastating Plague by Dorsey Armstrong, series of lectures on the great courses. If you thought the current pandemic was bad, holy shit, it's nothing compared to uh, what went on about 670 years ago. Number four, The Property Investor's Tax Guide by Shaz Nawaz. Shaz was recently on the podcast, go and check that episode out, talking about efficient tax planning and tax strategies. There's a plethora of information um, in the book, yeah, anything from structures, CGT. Uh, enjoy reading the book, but also it will never be as good as a replacement for actually speaking to a tax advisor, sitting down with them. Number five, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Get your head right with money, what is money? Uh, well, what is currency? You know, it's important to know the difference. How do you treat your cash? How to respect it, how to love it, learn from it, learn with it as well. Go and check that one out. And then finally, Rich Dad's Increase Your Financial IQ by Robert Kiyosaki. Again, increasing your wealth, time efficiency, how to change your environment, how to change the people around you, how to look to slowly get out of that rat race. There's some really good diagrams in there as well if you're a visual learner. So you sh there's, a, there's a lot to learn from that book. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps. Go and check out the Property Nomads podcast on Instagram. We do book reviews each week. Very quick synopsis. Uh, not a synopsis, but a very quick uh, review of how it's helped us and vice versa. So I do recommend going and checking it out. As also hopefully you found this podcast useful. We're looking forward to next year and cracking on with some you know, great content as well. If there's anything you particularly want to hear on the show or you want to leave your feedback, uh, email rob at tpmpodcast.com. But until then, you know, just share the podcast with other people. Please do subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. Leave, leave us a five-star review on iTunes as well. Highly appreciated. And hasta luego.